you guys. Like Pastor Eddie said, my name is Joey. I'm the student ministry director here at Grace, and I'm super excited to be here with you all as we close out our series called We Are Grace. Now, as we've gone through this series, we have looked at our vision statement and our mission statement, and I want to bring that up for you right now, and I love it because it's so focused on building upon the step before. The very first part of it, it says that we exist to glorify God in all things that we do here at church. We do it so that we can glorify God, so that we can point back to the Father. Once we do that, we can start developing that relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And then we grow in maturity in the word. That's just naturally the next step that comes. And once we grow in that maturity, we start to develop relationships with each other and live life together and fellowship with each other. And we develop those authentic and transparent relationships amongst each other in the church. The final step of that is to then go out into the world and reach the community by the sharing of the gospel. And the amazing thing is, is that whole process is a cycle. Because we go out, we share the gospel, and we bring more people in. We grow God's kingdom. And then they can live in relationship with God through Jesus. They can mature in the word. They can build fellowship and get connected. And then it starts all over again. But as we look at that last phrase, by reaching our community with the gospel, that last word, the gospel, I think is a word that we use so often at church. As a matter of fact, I went onto the internet and I just Googled the word gospel and check out all the different stuff that came up. You've got the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You've got gospel music, gospel parenting, gospel-focused living, gospel-focused marriage, gospel hope, and my favorite Dressing for the gospel. Now, we use these terms so often that they often lose a little bit of their meaning. Right? The gospel is a word that we hear a lot. Right? Just like we we do it here at Grace, too, every Sunday. I'm not doing push-ups like Pastor Eddie's about to, but we say grace is a gift from God, and we say that so very often. But if I were to ask you what grace is, if I were to ask you what the gospel is... I don't know if I would get the same answer from everybody. And so today, as we look at that last truth, today, as we focus in on what it looks like to reach our community with the gospel, we're going to focus on a couple of really big picture truths. We're going to focus on what the gospel is. We're going to focus on what the gospel isn't. And we're going to focus on how we should live in light of all of that. As a matter of fact, the gospel is one of those things I had the opportunity to share with my grandpa recently. It's my allergies, I promise. He was 95, and this was about three weeks before he passed away. And we were talking, and he was talking about getting ready to go to heaven because he was a believer. He went to church, he prayed. But as he was talking about his faith, I noticed a theme kept coming up. He kept talking about how he was such a good person and how he always tried to do the right thing. And so I asked the simple question, I go, Papa, is that what saves you? And my grandpa was never one to be speechless. But in that moment, 
he had a look on his face like he really didn't know the answer to that question. And so I went through the gospel. I told him God's truth for salvation. And it was amazing because as we went through the truth that he is saved by faith alone, in Christ alone, not by works, and all because of God's grace, a light clicked on. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. My grandpa was in bed for a few months. But it was then that he, had, he truly had a sense of peace, a sense of calm. Once he understood the true gospel. But just like many of us, he made the gospel about himself. Like I said, he kept saying, but I tried to be a good person. I tried to do the right thing. I went to church. I pray every single day. And if we're honest, church, we do that too. So many times we try to live our lives out and be the best person that we can be. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but we think that that makes us right before God. And that's not the message of the gospel. And when we live our lives that way, we rob the gospel of its truth and of its power and of who it actually points back to, which is the cross. See, the amazing thing about the gospel is it not only glorifies God, but it starts and it ends with God. His grace was made known to us through the cross. His mercy was shown to us at the cross through his son's life, death, burial, and resurrection. And honestly, church, that's a truth that we are called to proclaim, just like we proclaim that grace is a gift from God. We have to go outside of this church and reach our community with the gospel. As a matter of fact, Jesus in the gospel of Matthew uses the last words that Matthew records. He gives us the great commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And just like we tend to make these gospel truths about us I think a lot of times we look at scripture and we read scripture from a very us-centered perspective. We look for the things that we have to do. And when I read this verse, when I think of this verse, the Great Commission, so many times I think of go therefore and make disciples. And I miss out on the huge, mighty truth that Jesus starts off with. See, when we look at these verses, Jesus takes the first verse to tell the apostles where this starts and where this ends. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus didn't say some authority. He didn't say most authority. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And whenever we see that word, therefore, that points back to what was just said before. So he's saying, because I have 100% authority on earth and in heaven, go out and conquer the world. Go out and share this message with every nation, every people, every tongue. Because I am empowering you through it. 
I am giving you all the authority that you need to grow the kingdom. After we go out into the world, after we spread the gospel news, we're commanded to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and then teach them to obey all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you until the end of the age. See, here Jesus makes it super clear. Sharing the gospel is not a suggestion. It's a command. It's something that we are called to do because Jesus is behind it 110%. But even then, right, we look at these words, and like I said, we focus on the us part. But I love what Paul says, because Paul rephrases this in the book of Romans. He, he takes this great commission verse and he rephrases it by asking you a question. He says in Romans 10, 14, how will they call on him who they have not believed? How will they believe in him who they have not heard? How will they hear without someone preaching? Now, real quick side note, he's not talking about preaching from the pulpit here. This letter that Paul wrote, the, the, the letter of, to the Romans, went out to a church, to a group of believers how will they know who God is if you are not preaching the gospel? How will they be able to believe in him if they've never heard about him? How? They won't. Because we are called to go into the world and share that. And really, church, if we're going to be a church that glorifies God by reaching our community with the gospel, we have to have the very same attitude that Paul has at the beginning of the book of Romans. He says this in Romans 1.16. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone who believes will be saved by the truth of the gospel. And it is God's power that is being used to bring sinners into salvation. My first sermon point for you guys today is this. If we are going to be a church that glorifies God by reaching our community with the gospel, we have to remember that the gospel is God's truth for salvation. And like I said, just like Paul, we can't be ashamed of the gospel. And if we're honest, a lot of us in here have probably said this. I've heard this a ton of times by people within a church, people who are believers. They say, I, I can't do that. I can't share the gospel. I'm going to mess it up. I can't share the gospel because I don't really know what the gospel is. I can't really share the gospel, Joey, because I, don't, I just don't want to offend anybody. But if we're honest, we're all sinners. And if we're honest, our world loves its sin more than they love the Savior. I'm going to tell you guys a secret. The gospel, 100% of the time, will offend somebody. Because the gospel has to bring us to a certain truth. We are sinners in need of a savior. We are broken and we need to be fixed. We are lost and we need to be found. And the only way that that can happen is through the gospel. And so what we are going to do today, if we're going to be that church, if we're going to share the gospel, we have to know what the gospel is. 
and it boils down into some very basic truths. The first basic truth of the gospel can be found in Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All, everyone. Thanks, Adam. Right? Thanks, Eve. We are born with a broken, fallen, sinful nature. Think about your kids. How many of you have had to teach your kids to lie? How many of you have had to teach your kids not to be greedy? Or to be greedy, I'm sorry. We have to teach the opposite. We have to teach them to obey. We have to teach them to be good. Right? And Paul says this literally right after going through what I think is one of the most amazing passages in Scripture where he says, no one is righteous, not the Jew, not the Greek, not anybody. And there's nothing that you can do to save yourself because all of our best deeds are tainted by sin and our sin separates us from God. Our sin and his holiness are two things that just do not go together. They can't. That's why they were kicked out of the garden, Adam and Eve, once sin entered into the world. And our sin and our separation from God leads us to the very next point of the gospel because we are sinners it's Romans 6, 23. It says that the wages of sin are death. Because we are sinners, what we have earned by our life of sin is death. But thank God for his grace. Because God gave us his son Jesus. And he gives us eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's where we see God's love. That's where we see his mercy. That's why the Lord is our salvation. That's why it begins and ends with Jesus and with God. Like I said, that's where we see God's love for us. And Romans 5.8 paints that picture too. It says that God showed his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While he was on the cross, he was forgiving the very people that hung him on it. And I love how we like to be those people that like, man, if I was there, I would have been on Jesus' side. I would have been washing his feet. Nah, man, if we were there, we would have been the ones spitting on him and calling him names. And because he died for us, like I said, that's where God shows us his love. That's where God made a way. He suffered in our place. He took the punishment that was due unto us. He lived the life that we couldn't live. And that's another truth of the gospel, that it's not about us. It's not about the life that we live, but a life that was lived for us. It's about Jesus taking on the punishment that we deserve for our sin. That shows us how magnificent God is. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, or 8 and 9, I'm sorry, say this. For it is by grace, God's grace, that you have been saved through faith in Christ. And it is not your own doing, but it is a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no man may boast. In our place, on our behalf, Christ suffered. But that should bring us to the question, what does faith look like? Because I think we get to this point 
And we're like, all right, man, have faith. Just go forward with faith. But what does that mean? We're putting our faith and hope and trust in Jesus. And I love what Romans 10, 9 says, because this is where the change happens. This is where God's truth grabs a hold of us and changes us. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. See, a lot of us, a lot of people we know, they've said the mouth part. They've confessed, but they don't believe. They've said it, but in their heart they haven't been transformed. That's why the real gospel, the true gospel, that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Right? Jesus didn't come and say, I am a way. He said, I'm the way. Jesus didn't come and say, I am a life. He said, I am the life. Because Jesus is not just a man. He is the only way to God the Father. Because he is the only one who could ever be good enough to reach that standard of perfection that we couldn't. The standard that we miss by being broken and fallen and sinful. That's the truth of the gospel, church. It's about the life he lived. It's about the punishment that he took in our place. And as we go out into the community and as we share this beautiful, amazing, powerful message, we have to remember that he's behind it 100%. We have to remember that the engine for evangelism is Jesus. But is that it? If we go back to the verse that we started the day with, I'm just going to skip to the last part. After we go out into the world, after we make disciples, after we baptize them, what are we supposed to do? Is that it? Do we just say, all right, pastor, here you go. That's not how it works. You see, we're called to live a life with them. We're called to be in fellowship. That's a part of what being a Christian is all about. And if we go back to Matthew 28, I think it's verses 19 and 20, it says this. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I will be with you always until the end of the age. See, the gospel is supposed to change us. The gospel impacts our life. The gospel should make us radically different after we repent and believe in Jesus. I love what Paul says in Philippians. He says, no matter what or whatever happens, live a life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And I have to be very clear, church, our life is not the gospel, but it complements the gospel. Our life is not what's going to save people. Jesus's life is the only thing that can save people. But our lives open the door for opportunities to share the gospel. I'll never forget when I came to believe I was working at a middle school here in town. And there was a teacher, and boy, me and this teacher, we didn't get along. I'm a little hard-headed in case you guys didn't know. 
And one day I saw her struggling. She was a floating teacher, so she would go from class to class. And I walked up to her. I picked up all the stuff she had dropped. And I said, let me help you out, ma'am. And she kind of took a step back and was like, I don't know who you are, but you are not Joey. Because Joey would never do that. Right then and there, I was able to share the truth. I've been changed. I've been transformed. And it's all because of the gospel of Jesus. You see, our lives point back to the cross. And I'm, I'm breaking one of the first rules of small group here, and I apologize for that. And you know who said this if you're listening at home. But we had a small group member who would always say, if we have to be the salt of the earth and we have to be a city on a hill, then boy, we better shake and shine. We have to be representatives for Jesus in our communities as well. So that brings me to my last point for you all. It says, if we are going to be a church that glorifies God by reaching our community in the gospel, we have to remember that the gospel changes lives, including our own. And you see, that's the part that's hard. Because so often we want to go out and live the way that we're used to. But if we're turning away from our sin and we are turning to God and we are submitting to him and we are accepting him and believing in him and putting our faith and hope and trust in him, the sin that we used to love, we have to hate it now because it was that very sin that put Jesus on the cross. So I have to ask you a question, church. If the gospel changes lives, if the gospel has changed your life, are you living a life of love? Are you living a life of grace? Are you living a life of mercy? Because Jesus did. It was Jesus who fed the 5,000. It was Jesus who gave eyes to the blind. It was Jesus that gave ears to the deaf. It was Jesus that cleansed the leper spots, loved the unlovable, forgave the unforgavable, and welcomed the unwelcomable. It was Jesus who brought sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes to eat with him at the table because he knew the love of the Father and his entire life was lived to point people back to that love. So are you living a life to complement the gospel? Are you doing what Paul says where it says, no matter what, live a life Worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, a lot of times we miss out on the opportunity to meaningfully share the gospel because the life that we live doesn't show that we've been changed. All it shows is that we still love our sin. And if we've been radically changed by the gospel, I'm going to tell you guys, you can't shut up about it. You can't stop talking about it because you realize that the chains that held you down have been broken. The sin that separated you from God has been erased because of the cross, because of God's grace, because of God's mercy. You see, Jesus not only knew God's love, he knew the other side of that coin. 
he knew that God is a holy and righteous judge. He knew that if we were stuck in our sin, all that waited for us is condemnation and wrath. See, Jesus knew. He absolutely knew that if he wasn't the sacrificial lamb, we were condemned to eternity because God punishes sin no matter what. He either punishes it on us in eternity or he punished it on Jesus at the cross. And when we believe in the gospel and when we share the gospel, when we point people back to that very truth, God's kingdom grows. God works in that. See, that's what makes gift, grace a gift from God. It's that truth that it starts and it ends with him. That's what makes grace and the gospel so very important. That's what makes it something that we have to live out. That's what makes it something we have to share with our community. That's what makes it amazing, church. And if we do it and we do it the way God has called us to do it, that's what gives all the glory back to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for your grace and your mercy and your truth. We thank you, Father, that Jesus lived out the perfect life, that he suffered, died, and was buried because we needed that. My prayer, Father, is that the gospel moves in the hearts of whoever's listening for the first time. My prayer, Father, is that this truth will go out into the world and bring people closer to you, God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for every blessing that you have poured out. And it is in your son Jesus' precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Love you, church.